0: Hi, this is Dr. Rod Story here in the Cross Politics Studio with another episode of Mere Medicine, and I'm uh, really thankful to have a co-host here today, uh, who I know and love dearly. Actually, have been together 27 years. This is my wife, Jenny Story. Hello. Uh, I'm glad to have her here with me. It's always nice to hear a lady's voice. Uh, it seems to smooth out the waves of our brashness here sometimes <laughs> in the studio. But I'm also thankful. She is a, uh, a mother of nine. Uh, she is. Um, uh, my office manager for our practice here, Story Family Medicine, and honestly, she's um, my my best uh, thought process. If I have something that I'm that I'm stewing on, it's a great conversation for the two of us to have together because she has such a great way of of thinking on the other side as most wives do. So uh, here we go. We're going to launch in today to talking about something that that we're hearing about uh, frequently. We had a uh, Mom reach out to us and say, "Hey, heard your talk on Billy Rubin. What about vitamin K? Um, have you uh, thought about that question in a while?
1: It's been a little while. It since has I been a little while. Although I was just question. talking to
0: our grand, uh, our, our, our daughter who had a, a granddaughter, um, and and had to make those decisions really in the in the process of of a big thing going on in the hospital. She had a, a complicated pregnancy and then had a C section and." then, oh, by the way, uh, here comes an injection for your baby. And boy, that brought back the thoughts uh, on getting injections. Well, what did you think when, when those were happening for our kids back in the day? Uh,
1: you know, we um, we did have a couple of our babies at, at home, and the rest at the hospital. And it just wasn't in the circles that I was surrounded with, with mm. thinking about should we, shouldn't we. Um, so the the babies that were born at home did not get it. And the ones that were born at the hospital did get it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and I, I wasn't very thoughtful about my decision. I just went with
0: it. Well, and we had, uh, our, our child that was born at home, ended up having some bleeding issues, right. uh, with a circumcision. And it really kind of brought to mind, boy, uh, this just wasn't part of his birth experience and, and maybe that would have been beneficial. You know, I, I was just asking my daughter, Emma, uh, Who's in the, the, the throes of having children? What are moms talking about? And she said this that it kind of caught my ear that basically the, the thought process is that birth is a beautiful thing, and, and it really is, and that babies come out perfect.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, really, this idea that, that um, the doctor then comes along and introduces a bunch of artificial things really quickly. And man, I remember that quickly. It was the baby being taken off to the warmer, right, c- clips right. put on, uh, the, the belly button, um, a lot of checks early, and then, oh, I guess the doctor is going to give you the baby back. Do you remember some of the other things that they did right away for our kids? Uh,
1: you know, I don't. Do you remember um, the goop
0: that they put in the eye?
1: Yeah, I remember the drops that they put in the eye. Yeah. Um, I remember the tests taking like blood from the heel yeah. that they had to do. Um,
0: and um, nowadays they're doing a hepatitis shot almost within hours of being born or at least before the baby goes home. And the vitamin K that we're going to be talking about, that's actually advised to be given within six hours of birth. So it's really given quite quickly. I don't um,
1: remember that. Yeah, and, I... and
0: you might not. You know, a lot of that care happens in the nursery without mom ever knowing, without dad ever having a say. I do think that oftentimes parents are like, wait, 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 this is my kid. What are you doing? Right, right. Um, And want to have a a thought process or a conversation at a time of what really seems like it should be just snuggling with your newborn baby and breastfeeding for the first time. Um, My daughter mentioned some other things that she hears or or that she she thinks a lot of moms kind of consider is not only the sense that you're taking the baby away and doing something artificial, but that you... Uh, are doing it as a doctor just because you're trying to avoid being sued. Oh, that for like malpractice reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just insurance that's mandating all these things and pushing it without anybody taking a, taking a second step. You know, and, and really the biggest question or the, the, the worldview idea, birth is natural. Isn't it best just to, to let things be and to be as natural as possible and to avoid the intervention? So I want to talk about vitamin K shots. Uh, I want to talk about why we have that approach and what and what that thought is about do you have you ever thought about vitamin k at birth and and even it being a deficiency?
1: Um, I have only thought about it in the context of one of our children that was born at home um, having bleeding issues yeah and and that was that was scary
0: it uh, was scary. i
1: I remember that very well
0: because he had the circumcision and then right. it just wouldn't wouldn't stop right and, and and uh, we never really considered that the home birth might have skipped that right. process because we didn't have a, right. a nursery protocol, didn't stop to think about that. Right. But, it, but it definitely was. It. I mean, you have this newborn baby and suddenly you're dealing with a, with a, something that's just oozing and won't quite quit. Yeah. And, that, and I do think that for him, probably vitamin K may have played a role. Yeah. Well, let me give you some background about vitamin K and, and then we'll talk it through. Vitamin K uh, is one of our essential vitamins that, that we need for our body. Um, it's a what we would call a soluble vitamin or fat-soluble vitamin, meaning the only way you get this, it's like vitamin D or vitamin A. You know, A lot of times you see those on the side of a milk jug um, mm-hmm. because they're bound to fats, and that's the best way that we absorb them into our system. As adults, uh, we get that vitamin K through mostly leafy greens, mm-hmm. so spinach and lettuce and things along those lines. And our body uses it for a couple of things. It uses it for something called the coagulation cascade. That's a mouthful, huh? Right, right. Coagulation cascade mean, basically means that you have your body with these, these basically a uh, bunch of switches that turn on or turn off your ability to clot. And you have to have a balance of that in your body. You want to be able to clot at just the right time, but you also don't want your body randomly clotting at the wrong time. A lot of people know this so when they talk about getting blood clots. Uh, you know, maybe a, a DVT in their body or an embolism to their lung when, the, uh, and having a genetic thing that runs in their family. But this is all balanced out by a pretty elegant, beautiful built in system that God has given us that balances this all out. And vitamin clay, K um, is used at several points by your liver to make all of the little enzymes. Enzymes are little protein motors that help your body balance this out. You following me? Mm-hmm. Got okay, it. Very good. Well, so what's interesting is that vitamin K, that's a fat-soluble vitamin that we get, it has to be eaten with fats and it has to be absorbed and processed using a couple different things. Bile that's made by your liver and um, enzymes that are made by your pancreas.
1: Didn't you just do a recent um, cross-politic episode on bile?
0: I did. Thanks for the plug. So (laughs) if you you haven't uh, been following some of our previous episodes, I'd encourage you to go back and look on uh, I listen to a uh, discussion about where does bile come from and how, does, how is bile made. And, and I really think it's a glorious thing that God has designed into our body. It's a very important process that we just don't talk about. So here's the issue. For kids, when they're born, those whole systems haven't really turned on yet. Now, you probably remember because we've had a couple of kids that have had jaundice. Mm-hmm. And jaundice is kind of a similar issue where the liver hasn't quite woken up when they're born. And it takes a couple of days to begin kind of turning itself on, including making bile and the pancreas making these enzymes. And so that's one of the issues. We have problems where kids just, their bodies are brand new. They haven't turned on these things that they needed because mom did it all for them. Mm, Okay. Good job, mom. That makes sense, yeah. For nine of our kids, you did all the work with your placenta and you were the one with your liver making these things for your baby. And you were the one that was helping detoxify things and give the vitamins, except for vitamin K. Vitamin K just didn't transfer over very well from your body to baby's body. Hmm. So that's one of the uh, another of the issues. So you got a brand-new liver that hasn't quite turned on. You have a baby that hasn't picked up vitamin K from its mom and is needing to start at scratch. And when you start breastfeeding the baby, it really takes a couple of days for that to come in.
1: Right. I remember that.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, and on top of that, breast milk actually doesn't carry a lot of vitamin K. It takes it takes um, several months for the enough vitamin K to be transferred over by breast milk. So uh, that's one of the issues. There's one more that's interesting, and a lot of people know about this: gut health. Mm-hmm. So we uh, a lot of people are talking about bacteria right. in their guts and wanting to have healthy bacteria. When you're born, you don't have that yet.
1: This is super popular topic right now. It really is a super popular
0: topic about how do you get these? And what we know is that, that frankly you have to pick it up from mom and it's not a, uh, it's, it's not a bad thing to, to get those gut bugs and carried over. In fact, vaginal birth kids are more likely to get that exposure and all of the things that we used to do. I remember from several of your early pregnancies when they, they put you in plastic and tried to (laughs) gown your, you as you were going through the, the delivery, that actually, that turned out to be a bad thing. It's better for babies to be exposed to mom and to have all the, all the exchanges that go on when they're born. But it takes a while for those bacteria to get into the guts, and those bacteria play a huge role in the bile acids moving in and out and in the vitamin K being absorbed. You have to have the bacteria working. So just to review, you got a liver that hasn't woken up in these brand-new babies. They haven't gotten the vitamin K from mom because of the placenta, they're not going to get it for a while from the breast milk. And their gut bugs are just not active enough. They have a sterile gut. It's going to take a while. So I don't know if you've heard about this condition, but it's actually um, been recognized and been around for a while. And that's what we're talking about when are talking about vitamin K, is basically trying to get a boost of an essential vitamin into their system so that these kids don't have problems with their clotting cascades. Okay. So that they basically don't have bleeding disorders. And it's not a very common thing but it's been recognized, uh, I was just reading back in some history, I love medical history, since 1894, uh, there's a guy who recognized it, the hemorrhagic disease of the newborn is what he called it. We now call it vitamin K deficiency bleeding. Um, And it's, it's rare, but it's real. And it kind of is this scary bleeding that sometimes shows up in newborns three different times, sometimes within the first 24 hours, and that's a really scary time. The second, and that's the most severe, a second time within two to seven days of birth. And then the third time, uh, weeks to even months out. And that is usually because there's an underlying health issue. Mm. What we're talking about is actually about, um, Oh, about 0.25%. So not very common, but if you take a hundred kids, we're talking about one quarter of 1%. Right.
1: Small kids, number. Yeah.
0: Small number will have the spontaneous bleeding disorder and, it, and it's scary. So let me tell you some of the things that, that we see with the bleeding. We see kids who start bleeding in their guts and they have blood coming out on their stool. This is just within the first two or three days of life. They have bleeding into their brain. That's the scariest part because that can be of of severe consequences. It can be really severe. Um, Bleeding after the circumcision, that's kind of one of the things that you and I are aware of as we think back on our own children. Right. Um, And what's really challenging is in spite of being relatively rare, we can't predict it very well as physicians. So you know, whether you had your baby at home or whether you had it at the hospital, whether you had uh, a long birth process or not, whether you had a challenging pregnancy or not, seems to be the only thing that makes the difference uh, or that we should be aware of is some moms who might have a seizure disorder mm. and maybe were taking a medicine during the time.
1: But you're not sure about that?
0: No. Well, a lot of times you do know that, they're, that they had it, and so it highlights that risk. Okay. But otherwise... We can't predict that one quarter of one percent of kids that are going to go on to have this scary bleeding disorder that, that when it does happen, um, really is is a can be catastrophic.
1: Yeah. That. It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Doesn't it sound terrifying? <laughs> yes. But here's the one thing that we
0: do recognize. We've known this for about 60 years, and I'm going to include some um, links for for our listeners to go ahead and read on their own because I want you to be well-informed. That would be my encouragement. Right. Long before you're in the process of having your next child, long before uh, you feel like the nurse is sharpening the needle in the next room, <laughs> have that conversation with your, with your wife. Um, be well-informed, be well-read, and understand why it is that this might be worth considering and 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 considering for your child and that is an injection of vitamin k what we know is the best time to give it is within six hours because like i said some of these kids it can be within the first 24 hours of life and those are actually the most dangerous bleeds that we that we know of
1: that makes sense
0: and again there's just not a great way for them to get it on it's an injection into the thigh it is painful for a brief moment um that's one of the things that I think parents are really like. Whoa, uh, I, w- I want to avoid as much pain for my kid as possible, and I, I think that's admirable. Sometimes we 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 get so focused on the pain we forget the big picture from it. I did spend some time looking at at what's in it because a lot of times parents are like, "Well, that's great that it has the vitamin, but what about all the other stuff?" Right, in it? right. Um, have you heard that conversation?
1: Many, many times. Yeah, we hear yes. that with,
0: when people ask vaccines, they yeah. say, "Hey." Okay with the vaccine, but what about all the other stuff that they right. put in the junk that might that might damage my baby? Right. And, and, and I'll include a link to this as well. But primarily what we see is a little bit of sugar called dextrose in it, a little bit of benzoyl alcohol for a preservative, tiny amount. These are natural alcohols that, that are easily cleared by a baby's body. And then a little bit of acid, tiny bit, just to adjust the pH so it's right on. So a tiny amount. And our body is all, honestly always making acid and buffering that acid. From what I can read, nothing unusual. No mercury. No uh, artificial preservatives. Nothing unusual that way. Okay. All right, people thinking on this, but here's the question that I often get: Uh, What about the oral dose? And and a lot of our midwives are using an oral dose. Uh, We're fortunate in our practice to work with a lot with uh, babies, both delivering and in the hospital, and midwives. How many uh, how many people in our practice do you think choose midwives? Oh, half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And fantastic care uh, for most women. I'm really thankful. I'm also thankful our midwives seem to recognize well when a, a patient needs more than they can provide through their care and then quickly gets them to a circumstance where they can get that help.
1: Absolutely. We love working with midwives.
0: You had a midwife, uh, a couple of midwife deliveries. Would you do it again?
1: Fantastic. We'd do it again.
0: Uh, Probably would have done it with more of our children. I would have, (laughs) yes. Less of the hospital circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. But the the midwives will often take the approach just because of what they have available of doing an oral dose. So we're talking about an injection in a thigh. Um, sometimes uh, the preference or the question is, can I just give a dose and avoid avoid the the pain of the injection early on? Right. And and that's a great question. I'm glad people are asking that. There's some data out there that suggests that we're, because we don't have those gut bugs yet, that honestly that oral dose doesn't do as much as we wish it did.
1: Because it's being taken orally.
0: Yeah, exactly. It has to work its way through our system to be effective rather than injected and immediately available for our liver to start working with
1: so I, I think a, a question that comes to my mind is uh, why not just let's say that you um, you and your husband desire to have your your son circumcised which is a t- topic for another d- another day why not just wait the eight days
0: well and this is a, a great question and, and I think it, it is one of the things that we marvel when we look at God's word and we recognize that circumcisions were were in uh, requested and, re- and advised on the eighth day. There was a naming ceremony. It was a dedication ceremony in the temple. And it was a circumcision on the eighth day. Right. And what's fascinating is that by day eight, almost all circumstances of hemorrhagic uh, disease of the newborn or vitamin deficiency, vitamin K deficiency are, are resolved by that point. That's incredible. Isn't that incredible to yeah, think about? That, that by the eighth day, that that risk is, is really quite low and almost gone. And, and And if you look at the data, it's like, you know day 6 or 7 not quite there yet right. day 8 almost a certain yep. that it is so i think that is a reasonable approach again though that doesn't go back right. to that uh, quarter of 1% kid that may have the bleeding that that was due to vitamin k deficiency that won't be addressed by waiting and those are the scary things uh, and we know that giving that vitamin k makes that z- number go almost to zero not perfectly those are the kids that we often find out really have something else going on with their system. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with their bile system. They're not able to process it. There's a, a liver deficiency. And those are, those are bigger issues uh, that, that sometimes are picked up by the, by the newborn. You know, ultimately, when I step back and I, and, I, and I see moms asking these questions, when I see dads asking questions, I'm thankful, first off.
1: Right. Thankful they're asking. Yeah. And, and
0: I want to encourage you to, to find physicians, find nurse uh, midwives, Find people that will care for you that are willing to have those questions. Because at the beginning and the end of the day, moms and dads, uh, this baby is yours. Mm-hmm. And this baby is yours to be wise with and you're, and yours to make decisions on behalf of. And, and and that's a marvelous thing. It's a huge responsibility. It's not my responsibility to make that decision or to force you to have that decision.
1: Right, right.
0: And I'm thankful as in our practice that we can really... Um, say that that uh, families own their own children that nobody else not the state not the medical society nobody else uh, so I'm I'm thankful thankful that our moms and dads are, are willing and asking those questions but I would go a little deeper and you and I had this conversation earlier when we one of the challenges with being a mom and dad these days is we live in a culture where there's so much junk around us and we don't always realize that we're absorbing it, right? When you think of a worldview that that um, might bring up this idea uh, that, man, nothing I give my baby should be done. What what do you think we're ultimately saying?
1: I think it's a worldview um, that really needs to be questioned and challenged, and that is um, that my baby is born perfect. Mm. And, and, and I, I can tell you from, um, my perspective as a mother, you have this newborn in your arms and you have all these hormones raging through you that, um, you know, God gave you to get through the Mm. birth process. And it's, it it truly is, it's magic.
0: It's magic. It's It's this bonding experience that I will never have. (laughs) It's magic. And you had nine times. And you
1: think this baby is perfect Mm. in my arms. And yet, that's what we're talking about. That that's a worldview that needs to be challenged and questioned.
0: And, and we often see that carried through to so many other decisions that parents right. um, are thinking through as they go to the doctor, whether it's vaccination, whether it's circumcision, uh, whether it's even going to the doctor at all. There's this there's this question of, well, you know, if I if I just feed my baby well, if I give them perfect care, um, I'm so glad because they start off at this perfectly innocent state and maybe I can maintain them there. Right. Uh, boy, if that isn't a worldview that actually is not Christian. Hmm. Um, and, I, and I would challenge us, what, what is a Christian worldview that comes, uh, where, where are we getting these ideas? Uh, I'll, I'll plant a little seed here. I often have a conversation with mom and dads when we talk about, is, is your baby born perfect? Where I share with them that even from the time that they were inside their mom, that they were already having cancers.
1: Right. I've heard you talk about yes. that before. That's very really sobering. I plant this
0: to because it's like, what? Cancer? And I'm not kidding. Our bodies are full of grace and that grace in part is our immune system dealing with problems that came from having our great grandfather, Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam sinned. And we know that through Adam, we read this in Romans 5, that he sinned and death entered the world. And now all of us have death that basically lives in us. No escaping that. Right. Uh, it's essentially in our in, in, not just in our spiritual aspects of our life, but we carry it in our body. Uh, if you want to read more on that, man, just read 2 Corinthians 4, where it says that our outer self is wasting away. That doesn't start at the time of birth. It actually starts even before birth. And our body is constantly being bombarded with things that are, because we live in a broken world, our body even begins facing little tiny cancers that we are, praise God, right. our body, our immune system is catching almost entirely long before we ever are aware. We live our whole life making cancers and catching them before it even becomes to our attention. Um, and it's only as we age that our body doesn't do that as well. And it becomes part of sometimes people's end of life circumstance. But we, you know, even in second Corinthians five, it says our body's grown. It's like we're living in this tent, and, and we're really wanting to put on an eternal body, eternal, eternal clothing, knowing that's ultimately what we were made for. Uh, we, we come uh, at, at parenting in such an important and powerful and emotionally filled time and we often say, oh, yeah, perfect, right? Perfect baby, perfect time, leave us alone. And what we don't always realize is no, actually, even from the point of birth, we're, we're dealing with, with health issues. Uh, that are a direct result of, of the fall. Um, things that we have to, even from, the, from hours after being born, be thoughtful about. Uh, whether it's putting ointment in the eye to prevent an infection that's common through birth, um, thankfully not as common for women who are monogamous. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we're thinking about hepatitis vaccinations, which are like, what, vaccinating so quickly, and yet we do know that some kids are exposed through their family lines uh to hepatitis from an early basis now these things are need to be individualized right and and hopefully you have a physician that can do that with you and is willing to talk to you but I also encourage you think hard on what it is that we're thinking about where does these thoughts and these emotions the these gut check feelings that come when we say "Whoa, stay away from me doctor uh, maybe a doctor is actually thinking about this in, in a way that's actually more, more like a Christian that would say, no, we live in a body that has, has sickness, that has illness, that has consequences. And it, there are some uh, wise and thoughtful ways of being good stewards of our bodies, even, right. our, even our children's body. You know, uh, I'm going to plant a little seed here because in a couple of weeks I want to talk about tongue ties. Uh, and, and I find that's this, my favorite. That's topic. your favorite. Yeah, and we <laughs> see a lot of moms and dads now within hours of baby being born getting a tongue tie clip because they're concerned that there's maybe some feeding issues, and it seems to be the the, the mom chat quick. How can I find a, a doctor that does tongue ties? And I'm and I'm investigating that more because I'd like to know and be able to inform my my patients well about that. But did I find it interesting that we are quick to clip tongue ties and quick to say no to vitamin injections right we have a funny way that we're approaching uh things that seem uh kind of a a paradox for our parenting right well again i appreciate you taking time with uh mere medicine and i and i really appreciate sitting next to my bride um i'm going to include some some links for you guys to consider and read i want to encourage you to be well thought and well cared for let me pray for you as we finish father we thank you for children and how you bless us with them and we just ask that you would give us wisdom as we raise them And Father, give us uh, right understanding, right uh, theology to your glory. Thank you through Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen.